0: Hello and welcome to the Greetings from Wherever podcast. This show is about artistic inspiration and the creative process. Thank you so much for tuning in. Big thank you to all the patrons who make this show possible. To learn how you can join and support the show, head over to patreon.com slash Music. Let's begin. Hello and welcome to the Greetings from Wherever podcast. This is your host, Brian Wolf. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, today's guest is Robonzo and he told us all about podcasting and a lot of the other stuff that he does. He's a musician. He, uh, he's a drummer. He also is a songwriter. Um, and also he has written a book called the Unstarving Musician's Guide to Getting Paid Gigs. And he's working on version two of that. Um, and really it was, it was a good conversation. He had a lot to say about podcasting and kind of some some tips and tricks. So if you're interested in starting your own podcast, this is a good, good place to learn a few things. Um, we kind of both got into some of the behind the scenes stuff and, you know, really kind of just the overall, (laughs) overall message might be that it's maybe it sounds like it just a really easy conversation, turn the mics on and then it's off, but there's a lot more to that to the process than that. It's not, it's not just that. So, you know, kind of listening and, and he kind of shared a lot of stuff about that. Uh, some stuff that's going on with me. I know if you're listening, you you might be interested in what I'm up to. Uh, I, I do these live streams every Wednesday that have been a lot of fun that they kind of picked up. I've got guests coming up uh, on the last Wednesday of this month, which is, I think the, Thirty first, if I remember correctly, uh, whatever that Wednesday is, uh, Luke and Lonely are going to join, and uh, they're they're great. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to trade songs and uh, probably try to make each other laugh with conversation in between. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, but hopefully, you can join us for that. And then uh, I I've got a few shows lined up for. April and May. I'll be fully vaccinated and two weeks out of the second shot by then. So I'm excited to get back out there and play some music. It's going to be, you know, an in, in-person, not through a computer screen. It's going to be really, you know, a really relieving thing to go do that. It's a big part of my life that's that's been missing and I'm really excited to get out there and do it. Uh, so without further ado, here's Robonzo and uh, I hope you enjoy our conversation. All right. I'd like to welcome to the show, Robonzo. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honored, man. Thanks for having me
1: on here. And it's always a blast to talk to you, whether it's for something like this or just for other casual stuff.
0: Yeah. Hanging out at a brewery, whatever, whatever it happens <laughs> to be, man. It's always good good to see you and just connect, man. It's uh, You're a good dude. We always have great conversations whenever we chat. It's chat. So I was like trying to think of... Okay, how can I get Rabanzo on my show? Like what what would make sense within the parameters of like what I'm doing here and I'm like podcasting. That would be awesome because it's kind of meta. It's kind of, you know, we're doing a podcast about podcasting, which is kind of kind of uh silly in a way, but also I think it's it's a creative medium that's picking up tons of steam um and it just seems to be growing all the time. So, I think it's interesting to talk about and kind of talk about what goes into making a podcast, um, all those things. And I kind of want to get into all the other stuff that you do too. I mean, you're like me, it seems like there's just always a lot of stuff going on in your world, especially creatively. So um, it'll be cool to to talk about all this stuff and kind of let the listeners in on it. Thanks,
1: man. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, in actuality, there's a lot of podcasts about podcasts, but um, I think that this one's kind of cool because it's, you know, a couple of musicians talking about it and, and, um, both of us have been in the sort of interview format world. So it should be fun.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. Um, so, uh, yeah. What have you been doing to stay creative over the last year? I mean, there's, I know there's kind of a lot of stuff, but obviously things have shifted for us. I mean, uh, the gig's. Aren't quite as, uh, you know, prevalent and all that stuff. I know you're a drummer and you play in uh, probably multiple bands. I know at least you used to play in a lot of bands. I'm not sure where you're at now, uh, but yeah, let me know what the last year has looked like for you as far as that shift goes.
1: Yeah, well, there's only been one gig and um, it was an opportunity. It was a uh, an easy. I don't want to say a pleasant opportunity was the word words were the words I was looking for Um because uh, there was no rehearsal involved I just took a cajon Um and uh, I'd played with the guys before it was a close to home thing but uh, when it was over unfortunately for me no knock on the guys or anyone there I felt like I shouldn't have done that <clears throat> given the mm, my personal concerns about the pandemic. (laughs) So, but um, you know, I don't think anybody, uh, I don't believe or didn't hear that we were part of a super spreader event. So it was all good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, but you know, I, I've been saying it, it's somewhat coincidental, but over the last year, the new thing I started doing was working on my own music. And it was about this time last year that I sat down and, you know, was actually writing a song, you know, my first song on my own. And uh I spent man, I bet it was all the way through October not writing it, but you know, I wrote it somewhat quickly, but then um getting the guys that I wanted to work with uh logistically took a little while and then one of them was happened to be not one, not only one of the contributing musicians but the uh mixing mastering engineer and he was he's in high demand uh and um so that that took a little that added some time and then you know i was still juggling the podcast a lot a bit more at the time and i don't remember what else but you know just you a little more time here a little more time there before i know it it's october before i finished uh, i think is what 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 i landed on and then i'm like okay i've never done this whole release thing before so i spent um a little time on that and then i'm like well i might as well wait until january so i just put it out
0: january 8th of this year yeah yeah going go ahead it's a great single i really really enjoyed it it's a lot of fun it's uh very catchy uh it's called on top of the world and uh, i'll definitely post a link in, in the comments of like all the posts i put up about this and stuff um <laughs> thank you it's yeah it's it's really catchy people should definitely go check it out um and you're in panama how long have you been there
1: my wife sammy and i moved here in august of 2016 so wow. we're gonna be going on five years you know this this coming august yeah
0: that's that's wild um What's the music scene like there? I guess under normal circumstances, I'm kind of not thinking about the last year. What's the music scene like in Panama?
1: Well, it was kind of a, um, a bit of a shock for me, but that happened the last time we did a big move, um, but for different reasons. Uh, we're in, Initially, we moved into a very rural area and there was just not a lot of musicians there. So um, for various reasons, we decided to move to a beach area that is a pretty big, big expat area where, you know, more than maybe tenfold the musicians or I don't know, but many more, still not a lot like what I was used to. Like we came from the San Jose, California area. There's a big music scene there um, varied. And uh, so that, that was a big change for me. And then, but as far as the, the gigs, you know, there's a lot of wonderful outdoor you know, gigs, um, a few things indoors, but musicians, that's a funny thing. You know, the musicians that are doing gigs, so many of them are being super creative to try and create their own gigs sometimes because they're dying to play in this area as much as we can. And so, you know, we'll look for, you know, pitch private events at some like, you know, nicer restaurants maybe, or some things I've seen. And even, um, last year, Uh, you were probably around when I first started talking about it, but I wanted to do a house concert Mm -hmm. and I wanted to bring someone from the States and I wanted it to be a former pot, you know, a a podcast guest that I'd had. And so that was, you know, sort of my thing about creating some gigs. There was that when the artist came down, there was that um, a a blues cruise, we called it on a catamaran and then just one of the local outdoor venues. So stuff like that happens here in Panama city. It's different. It's um, more dense, more musicians, but it's still a lot different than, I'm not sure I could do it as a drummer. Um, it's like a perpetual state of road construction there. So, you know, moving <laughs> yeah. around to gigs, I don't know, just be. I'm sure I would, but uh, the thought of it's like, uh, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so I guess I'm wondering, and, you know, I think this this prob- answer probably shifts for everyone when they think about why they do what they do. But why do you do your podcast? Like, what makes you keep doing this? This over and over again, where you're you're interviewing people and putting this great information out there into the world. Um, you know what what keeps you coming back?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I I found out I really liked it. <laughs> yeah. <this laughs> I, I think helps. it's mostly the conversations. Yeah. Um, the connections I get to make with other music artists, industry professionals, and then you know there's been this ever, uh, this ongoing um, effort to, like you said, publish stuff that is helpful information to others. So that part's fun too. And then there are just other little things that are fun about it. You know, the, the behind the scenes things, editing's fun. And although I shouldn't, I arguably spend too much time on that and, uh, learning about, um, how to get it out there, sort of like learning how to get your music into the ears of people. It's very similar with a podcast, right?
0: Yeah, it is. It's, a uh... And it's a growing and ever changing medium. I mean, there's always like a new kind of different way to promote your podcast or music. It's just, it's just like music in in a lot of ways, or probably like most creative mediums It's just always changing and shifting with like, yeah, I mean, how much do you focus on like Instagram and Facebook and stuff on something that's really just audio? It's like where, you know, where do you focus your energy? Because we all, we all have limited time at the end of the day, like there's not unlimited hours. So it's you, you have to make choices on, you know, where you focus your energy on. And, and that's, that's interesting. What, what would you say has been working as far as getting more people to listen to your show?
1: Man, it's a lot of little stuff and I'm hoping, you know, there might be a, there might be a pivotal, a pivotal point, uh, you know, maybe a person or a place, a channel that, I can point back to at one point and say, you know, this, this event really made a big difference. But honestly, it's been a lot of little things starting with choosing a good host because uh, they're a tremendous resource for me to, um, to to just know things that I need to know to promote the podcast and everything from how to make it sound good, how to make it look good. I know we're talking about an audio medium, but you know, your, your, um, series artwork, your podcast artwork, little things like that. And for those that do episode artwork, which I don't, um, and man, and then later, you know, last year, yeah, last year, I think I took a course offered by Pat Flynn, you know, to learn some more stuff and he taught me a lot of other little things. And I've noticed, uh, you know a difference in download numbers for sure and but you know there's just there's so much like you said there's so much yeah. you can do it's i figure it's a it's definitely a long game
0: <laughs> it it is and you know i think that's something out there you know for creatives out there that are doing anything but you know definitely podcasting definitely music it is a lot of those little little efforts that you make that add up and you, they don't necessarily Seem to show up right away either. It's like you put in this work and you do these small things and you make these changes, and then maybe you'll start to see some benefit from that months down the line, you know, sometimes years, you know, and it's just like it's part of being patient with these things and like being consistent. And I think that's super important. And I think, uh, yeah, a lot of little things as opposed to like. I need something to work and be this big thing right away. A lot of little things can achieve the same thing. It's just you know, yeah, you know, being open to that, I guess, is, is yeah. Important?
1: And you know, the I, I've noticed, and I know, I'm sure you have too. There's a one thing that helps, which has not been in my favor because it's not a track I pursued, and it's not one that I'm part of as celebrity. um so if you are a celebrity that makes a difference but if you're also in an interview format right if you're interviewing people who have notoriety um of a more like celebrity status that can can be a big deal Uh, not it's not everything i imagine but it, it can make a big difference but just like all of you guys that i do interview who are independent musicians some of you um are bigger, you know, influencers on social or you have bigger email lists and you're just into promoting everything you do very methodically, that makes a difference in my world.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's um it's interesting when I'm I'm th- looking at guests to book for my show, you know, one thing that I consider is like okay, do they actually promote stuff like this? If if they're on someone else's show, did they mention it on their Instagram or like, you know, is there, are they really putting the effort out there to like get the word out about themselves? Because that's what I want to see more than anything. I, I almost like, you know, I care way less about like number of follows and like things like that. than like, are you really, are you trying, <laughs> you know? And, and that's kind of, and the thing is, I think the the artists that, and like, creatives that try to do this stuff generally they're they have more we have more interesting conversations because um you know they seem to really care about their art you know and they really they you know in in more ways than one but like i feel like that's what i've found is like you get them on and they're super energetic and you know they, they've been pumping you know talking about their music or their art or whatever so much on social media they're just ready to go when they come on this interview with me you know it's (laughs) it's kind of it's pretty cool um yeah, I want to talk. Um, it's interesting because I, I definitely read a part of it years ago when you gave it to me, but I, I didn't get a chance to read the whole thing until about last week, where I read your your book, The Aren't Starving Musicians Guide to Getting Paid Gigs. Uh, <laughs> when did this book come out? I was trying to find it. I, it's it's you know, in a pile of things right now. That I, <laughs> but- yeah, you
1: know, I believe it was October twenty sixteen. That's about the time that wow. Um, we well, we were here in Panama. Yeah, I believe I published it from Panama, um, and I been writing i probably spent a year you know learning how to sit down and write and as you know it's a quick read right so it's not a lot of content um but just like sitting down and learning how to write and kind of tell my my story but yeah it's been a while and and consequently because of that and also because when i look back on it after all the conversations i've had i'm like man this thing could be a lot better this is just you know my opinion so uh i've been working on again you trying to relearn how to be a writer but i've been working on an expanded sort of addition to look at other areas because at the time this is really just me looking at how to go out and get gigs as a you know like a working musician and for me to be more specific i was a part-time working musician but i thought that all the principles applied you know whether you're full-time part-time or whatever
0: well yeah i think it's great too because you you're not like from the beginning saying like I know everything about everything and I'm an expert and you should listen to me. It's it's very much like you're very upfront in the introduction of just like, I am a part-time musician. I have a lot of ideas that seem to be working and getting me these results, X, X, whatever that, you know, if that's like, you know, it's, and to you, like, you know, in your world that, you know, that is like something that you were trying to achieve and you achieved it and you want to share why or, or how, you know, and I think that's great. And I think that's part of how you kind of, set yourself up for success when you're um, putting things out there is like, yeah, just being honest with who you are and what you know and like that you're not like, you know, a professor at Harvard talking about this, you know, or, you know, like something like that. You're you're saying like, these are my experiences and this is what I can offer you. And I think that's great about just being honest and upfront. And, and there's plenty in there that I, I took from it. And also a lot of stuff that I'm like, That's great. I do that too. (laughs) Like, that makes me feel good that, like, it sort of uh, reinforces some things that I'm already doing. And then, you know, some stuff that made me think, like, oh, I should work on that more. Like, uh, you know, a big thing that I I took away from your book was kind of being a little more organized about connections that I make. Um, You know, like uh, you mentioned, kind of doing a spreadsheet of some kind, just kind of listing the name uh, you know, what type of contact they are and then their email and just having that as a place to be. And probably like the last time you contacted them or reached out. And like, I think that's a really important thing to do is be methodical about that in a way. Um, and everybody finds a different system that works for them, but I thought that was great. And definitely something I'm, I'm going to probably start using myself. Uh, (laughs) Well, that makes me
1: feel good because honestly, you know, guys like you and you're like a lot of people that I've interviewed for, uh, the Unstarving Musician, the podcast. And um I'm like, well, these guys know all this shit. Um, so it's, it feels great to hear you say like, you know, you made me think about something I need to do more of. So that's cool.
0: I well, like yeah. That. And I think that's, it's always, it's always good to be out there learning, you know, it's even as if it's something you think about all the time. I mean, that's, If it is something you think about all the time, you probably should learn more about it because it's important to you, you know, and I think that's kind of one way to do it is to read other people's thoughts and, and you're so open about that. You've written this book, you (laughs) have this podcast where, I mean, you have all these people come on and share their experiences and then you throw in your own too. It's pretty cool. It's, uh... It's, it's not, you know, it's not just like a one way thing where they're just talking about their ideas. You also contribute your own from stuff that you think about all the time. Clearly, you know, just like I do. <laughs> so it's it's pretty yeah, yeah. cool. So people should definitely go listen to the Unstarving Musician podcast. Uh, you can find it pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. So, yeah, give give it a look up. I just listened to the most recent episode with uh, Alyssa Trahan. Am I saying yeah. that right? Yeah, mm-hmm, that, yeah, that was great. It, you know, it's and that kind of leads me into my next thing is, you know, you and I did a chat kind of to talk about different ideas for a second edition of this book. Um, and that's kind of actually you and Alyssa had a similar kind of chat and that ended mm-hmm. up being a podcast episode, which I think is really interesting. Um, but yeah, I guess like what, uh, how, how do you think this second edition is going to be different from the first one? What, what type of new information might you see in there, uh, different topics. I mean, how much of it is going to come from conversations you're having with people like this? Yeah. It's just
1: going to talk about a lot more, uh, more areas of being an independent musician. And I had you know, it's, um, there's a fine line between doing a second edition and, um, <laughs> essentially embarking on something that should be another book. Right. But yeah i'm I''m trying to be careful with that because um I've covered so many topics with my guests on the podcast and those those were kind of accidental too it's just things that people have uh, have taught me or that I found out prior to interviewing them that they are involved in and many of these things fit very nicely I think with the premise of um you know, getting gigs, getting booked and getting paid, you know, more often. So what it wouldn't do, um, that's kind of tough right now. It's at the moment I'm throwing, I'm going to throw in all the ideas that I can, but I think when I go through and start editing it, self-editing, um, I'm going to go, okay, that doesn't really belong here. That probably is another book, but, uh, yeah, it'll just be expanded. And even in the area of just getting gigs, I was in my own little, uh, you know, microcosm, they're talking about a lot of it from my San Jose, greater San Francisco Bay Area experience, and then reminiscing on some things that happened when I was in Dallas, Fort Worth. So... Um, some of you that I've talked to, you know, you tour the States, you tour, you go outside the country, um, you come to Panama and do gigs. So these are a lot of new things I learned. Like I didn't know anything about house concerts, for instance, back when I yeah. wrote the book. Or I'd heard about them, but I didn't know anything about them. So there's just all kinds of opportunities. And I know that's a very vague answer, but it no, <laughs> tells,
0: yeah.
1: tells you I'm in the early stages of the writing. <laughs>
0: well, no, yeah, I think that's that's really cool. I, You know, and one thing that... um you know, I observed about myself when we were chatting is like, it's kind of hard to think about the idea of like doing things the normal way, like I used to as a musician, like being out there gigging all the time. Like it was hard not to just want to talk about all the stuff I've been doing over the last year, as far as like live streams and all that kind of stuff. So did you find Do you think there's going to be a chapter about being more like virtual like that? Or do you see that kind of happening? Or is that something you're trying to gear more towards like when things are normal again?
1: You know, I think that it has to be in there, but it depends on when I actually put this thing out, but it'll still have to be in there because I don't know how you feel about the future of live streaming, but I think um, it is going to be part of our lives in a way that we, many of us like myself haven't really envisioned yet and I think I've seen some glimpses of what it'll look like and some of the things that people are doing and some of the things I've talked to others about but it's an excellent point so if I get if I were to publish the second edition in October of this year 2021 yeah I gotta mention it and what's been a big challenge with writing, you know, rewriting or writing an expanded edition is like, wow, this, you know, going out and doing gigs isn't even relevant at the moment, but it is for some people, but it's yeah. not in my world anymore. And it's barely been in years from what I know.
0: Yeah. So. Not, not at all, actually, over the last, it's been so, it's, it's yeah, it's something that I, I've kind of mentioned a few times. It's just like, yeah, I think once we were three weeks into the kind of COVID lockdown, that was the longest I'd gone since I was like, Twenty of like without playing a gig you know which is nuts but you know it's um so and it's i'm still there i haven't played any gigs in person but the live stream stuff is helping scratch the itch a little bit but yeah it's crazy it's such an adjustment for sure but it, yeah I, I would imagine yeah live streaming has to be in there i think because it's you know it's something i've i learned how to do i've gotten a lot of joy from and i think people um, have gotten a lot of joy from it too, just from reading the comments and all that stuff. It's, um, so it's just something that's probably going to keep evolving and growing just kind of like podcasting is it's, it's going to be another medium like that. I, I, I believe so. Yeah. I mean, why not talk about it in your book? I think that's, that's totally smart. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess one thing that you had mentioned kind of in the, in your, first edition of this book was um kind of how you were starting to build this brand around yourself as opposed to like you know there's building brand and like social media stuff for your bands and like your music acts but then as like a drummer a podcaster you know jack of all creative trades i would say (laughs) like you know it's uh it's cool that you, I've, I've seen you do it. You know, you, you talked about doing it in the book and kind of starting that process. And now you, you've really done it. You've got, you know, the Unstarving Musician, you've got the book, the podcast, um, your Instagram handle, which is that Rabonzo. I can't remember.
1: Robonzo Ra- drummer. Cause some other schmuck has Rabonzo on Instagram. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we got to find it. <laughs> we got to trademark it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, you know, it's so. What would you say is like the benefit to building a brand around yourself versus like a band necessarily?
1: Well, I mean, it certainly gives you freedom to do things more easily within the context of a band or outside of the con- that context. So, and and for me, um, I st- I guess I started. I was playing in so many bands. I once upon a time, I kind of wanted to be known for, you know, this guy that everyone knew, oh, Rabanzo is going to be playing drums or Roberto, however they know me, is going to be playing drums. And so that, that was part of it. And then um, as the podcast went on and on and on, <laughs> and I have this other one too, that's a, that is a, a small business version of The Unstarving Musician. It's more like, talks a little bit more of brick and, brick, brick and mortar and online businesses and interview format. And, and then, you know, there's the original music, which was an, obviously lends itself to the Robonzo brand, but I thought I, I need to just make everything, you know, everyone needs to know that that's who I am. So if they see that, they know that it's Roberto Hernandez and one of his creative endeavors. Yeah. So, you know, it allows me to step in and out of, the, of different things, I guess, just like when I stepped in and out of one band to go sub for another one, and eventually, kind of, before I left the Bay Area, I had a band that sort of used that name within it, um, Rabonzo's Bolero, which was just a trio that consisted of me and two of my other favorite players in the area. And that's sort of an extension of that. And so, and now, you know, here I'm publishing music as Rabonzo. So it just, I don't know, it lends itself to a lot of creative outlet, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's interesting. And it's also something that like, you know, I think you'll always be thankful that you you've set it up because yeah, you can go a lot of different directions. You're not in any sort of box about it. It's like, you know, you can, you can do a lot of things within that, that maybe even you're not thinking about yet. You know, maybe you want to take a different creative endeavor, but you could still put it under your own (laughs) all this effort that you've put into like creating your own brand. You know, it's not like you'll be starting at zero because you have to like put a new page for this new thing that you're doing. You know, I think that's, I think that's really smart and definitely I can see the benefit to that. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to talk about the single On Top of the World. Uh, it came out last month and uh, yeah. it's, it's excellent. It's very catchy. It's upbeat. Um, I, so you kind of, did you reach out to other musicians? Are they, are, did they track things remotely or, you know, because does everyone live in Panama and did they come to a studio? Like, let me know how that process worked. I'm curious. Yeah. You know,
1: I, I started out, you know, pinning the melody on on an acoustic guitar and some lyrics. Um, Literally I, this is how it went. I cut a demo using, at the time I was using a garage band and I reached out to a guy that I'd met in um, the Dallas Fort Worth area who was one of my very first guests on the podcast. After I met him, I'm like, I got to get that guy on the podcast. He seems really interesting and he's very talented and I, you know, I got to learn a lot of stuff about him, including that he has been you know, mixing and essentially, you know, producer means a lot of thing, things, but, you know, from a sound, from a sonic perspective, he's a, he's a bit of a producer and he's just an excellent musician, a great singer. And I sent him the demo and said, what do you think? He goes, I dig it. I'm like, I was wondering if you'd play guitar on it. Sure. So it started out just as a fun project, and um, we were going to use a mutual friend to play bass, but logistics and life just kind of got in the way. So I had a, you know, I had another guy in my back pocket, so to speak, or a couple of them actually, and uh, so I tossed. I I was at a point where I wanted to get it done. Now going back to the the second guy that came in on the project, he basically he could have done the bass for me, which he did, and uh, in like he. Uh, brought the whole demo to life right suddenly it's a song he 's got some wonderful guitar parts on it um bass uh i didn 't have the drums yet, so he put some he put some drums on knowing that i, I was going to record them so um I did record the tracks here in Panama in a room much like this one, a different one um, but much like this one brutal f- acoustically brutal acoustically <laughs> but um it yeah. worked out for recording and then I tapped on a friend of mine who lives in San Jose that I played a lot of gigs with who's a bass player, and just um He's one of these guys I've talked to mentioned a lot on the podcast, because when you play with him and I played with him probably in three different bands, you know, subbing here or whatever. He's one of these guys that sort of lifts everybody up and mm-hmm. he does it both in his attitude and his demeanor and his, his knowledge of theory and his ear and his playing. And he's just an all around great guy and a great player. So I brought, brought him in. So his tracks he did in um, San Jose. And we were, as uh, I think Laura Price says, we flew him into, uh, <laughs> to, or maybe Rex Brown told me that we flew them into Dallas and uh, in the Dallas area, and Chris Responti uh, mixed and, and did most of okay. the instrumentation on it.
0: Yeah. Cool, that's that's awesome. I mean, that is, um, yeah. It's I think that kind of speaks to what we were talking about before about kind of uh, you know the connections that you know you've made through just playing music with lots of different people and in the book you talk a lot about subbing with different bands and kind of getting to know more and more people and um, just always being a cool dude i don't know like just lying you know i think that's a that's a big part of it too it's just <laughs> never being a pain in the ass you know to people i think that's like a huge thing and, and people remember that you know and and you know they remember it, the positive attitude and the you know, kind of being professional and things like that. And also, you know, being just being mindful of keeping those connections intact. I think that's a really big thing. And it sounds like, you know, you're able to kind of reach out to some of those connections. You mentioned you have a lot of bass players that, you know, that that can't be by accident. That's something that, you know, you went out there and like you got to know people. And I think that's something that you can do, um, consciously and i think that's important to build your your network you know i think that's great that you do that and it's you kind of putting your words to practice it sounds like
1: i feel so lucky i do um and i i said it you know i'm wrapping up i mentioned to you before we started recording i'm wrapping up i have wrapped up sessions for a second single and um i i said it this time too i'm so lucky i know these guys and these other people you know that are willing and able to, to do this, this kind of work with me. And, and also I wanted to mention, you know, to be honest, uh, I was a pain in the ass sometimes and people remember that too. Oh yeah. Um, okay. and, uh, and, and you know, the other thing they do is they remember when you apologize. Yeah. <laughs> so that really helps, you know, too. but, yeah. but for the most part, yeah. I mean, if you just look around you and if you've been playing long enough, you have either had to play with someone that was a pain or you saw someone being a pain it might have been a venue owner or something or a musician and it's just man everybody kn- i mean the smart guys know it's just not the way to be
0: you know yeah it's true it's true and you know if i i guess we all have our moments you know like that's nobody's perfect but it's yeah it's when that is like <laughs> your entire being is just being a pain in the ass to everybody or like you know just being, just being a jerk, you know, it's like not going to work long term. It's just not, you know. I don't, I don't believe, anyways. And, um, yeah, and I think it might work for some people, and there's probably always exceptions. But it's, you know, one of those things where I just think it, it does pay to, to, mostly just be good to people. You know, <laughs> I think that, that that pays off in the long run. Uh, it's a problem. So-
1: you can, it, it, if you, it's a problem, if you do otherwise, and you can see it. No matter how successful someone is, you can see where they're shorting themselves
0: yeah i think you're absolutely right uh so kind of before we talk kind of deep dive into the podcast i want to kind of really get into the nitty-gritty of the podcast and how it's made and all that stuff um but you know one question i ask every guest uh that comes on the show it's kind of become this through line and it's really interesting is is there um an artistic medium uh, okay let me reword this uh if okay what artistic medium that you have not explored yet uh would you most like to be successful in is there something out there that you haven't really done much of yet that you're just really curious about and would love to like get out to get do it and become a success at that
1: yeah there's a i mean there's really a couple things and then there were three things that that came to mind but um graphic design like really knowing that well because you know um most independent musicians know or independent podcasters know if you have just the slightest bit of skill there, which I do for sure. Um, that it's a big help, but you know, at some point you got to bring someone in and help you or learn how to do it. So that would be fun. Probably the biggest reach right now, cause I've literally done nothing in it is, um, short film or like mm-hmm. video production. Like I'd like to put something together and direct it. Um, and I thought the video for, um, on top of the world would be like a, you know, sort of testing the waters to do that. But um, logistics, you know, time, money and things just sort of have slowed me down on that project. So I haven't done that yet. And the other one that came to mind, um, so I do freelance web design as well. And there's just so much, uh, you know, it's sort of like working your, your music business. There's so much you can learn, you know, to be um to have a higher skill set or more success. So I wouldn't I would there are some areas there that I'd love to bone up on as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes well it sounds like you've well, it's it's interesting because, you know, sometimes people focus so much on one medium, you know, but you're someone who does a lot of things, you know. So it's like interesting to talk to someone like you who wears a lot of hats. And it's just like, is there something that you haven't explored that you want to? And it sounds like <laughs> There's a lot of things. So I'll be oh, interested sure. to, to talk to you in a few years and hear about the new music videos that you're making and stuff because I know you're going to do it. You're just somebody that seems like you know you think about doing something and you just you do it, which is great. I think that's a great quality in a person. Um, but uh, I would love to talk more about... The Unstarving Musician podcast. We've kind of spoken a little bit about it. Um, but I kind of really for listeners that are maybe thinking about starting their own podcast or just kind of curious as to like how it's made and things like that. I you know, there's obviously we could probably go on all day about all of these little factors I'm gonna ask about. But, you know, just kind of general ideas of like how this stuff happens. I think it would be really interesting for the listeners to hear about this because they may just hear a conversation and just think, okay, these two met and they turn the mic on and that's it. But there's just so much that goes into these things. And I really kind of want to highlight um, what that is. And maybe sometimes for someone else like that, this podcasting world might be scary for them. They might hear that it's a lot of work and Sometimes hearing more and more about things make it less scary, you know, when you learn more information. Um, yeah. So I kind of want to put some stuff out there. But first off, let's just talk off the bat. What is your podcast about? Total, like-
1: it features, um, I say features weekly interviews. It's scaled back as of about January to every other week um, while I put a little more focus on music. But it features um, weekly, bi-weekly interviews with independent musicians and music industry professionals. And the conversations are intended to dive into creative processes, business aspects, marketing, productivity, all the things that help us, you know, create more music and have a a journey that's a little bit easier.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's great to, that it's, it really is, you know, we, we as listeners get to learn about all these guests that you have on and learn about you uh, also. But, you know, we get to learn about ourselves through these questions that you ask because they're very leading into being um, educational. And I think that that's... Uh, you know, especially as a musician, really, really important to gather more and more information all the time because everything's always changing and everybody has a slightly different approach. What works for one musician may not work for another, but there's a million things to try and see what works, you know? Um, yeah. But I guess, you know, one thing I wanted to ask to kind of make this relatable to someone thinking about starting a podcast how, how important is being upfront about like creating this sort of theme around your podcast? it's like, how important is that? I mean, it sounds like you were pretty thoughtful about like, I want to do this thing that kind of gets information about, you know, being a musician out there.
1: That idea came at the same time that I wrote the book, um, the Unstarving Musician's Guide to Getting Paid Gigs. So that whole, if you just think about that title for a second, I was, if it's not obvious, you know, I was trying to help musicians who hadn't at least done what I had done and felt like I can play I mean, really was at a place where I felt like I could play as much or as little as I wanted to with or, you know, with whom I wanted to, where I wanted to. I could get paid, could command my pay, um, given the relative, you know, relativity of what I was doing. And so that just sort of lent itself to helping other musicians. I I don't even recall when I first started either if I thought this is going to be about, you know, getting gigs. I probably had one conversation and realized if, if I, you know again, I can't really remember how, how I, what my mind was thinking, but um, I probably had one conversation and realized this can be so much bigger. Right. And now I do actually remember when I was putting together the book, I was doing a lot of interviews, (laughs) (laughs) kind of like for the podcast, but I was, you know, talking to people on the phone. I wasn't recording them at that time. And, um, you know, taking notes and I probably spoke to about a hundred musicians to think about expanding the idea of helping. So, it, it's always been super important. Um, for me, it's underneath everything. I guess it's been the biggest driving factor, but fortunately I, like I said earlier, I've enjoyed the conversation so freaking much <laughs> that that's been part of it too. And weirdly, like right now at this point in time, um, I have so many recorded interviews in the can and I, I slowed down the, um, weekly to every other week. So I've, I, kind of stopped taking interviews. And I quickly realized like, Oh man, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm missing the conversations, but there's this other aspect of it. And I don't know if you've experienced this yet, but when you go back, depending on how you edit and I know some podcasters, you've probably met some too, that that show gets recorded and it just goes, it goes out to the listening world almost the minute they're done recording it. But for me, and I think for you, you know, I go back and listen to those conversations um, again and that's a whole uh, wonderful experience too. Um, I get you know this big smile on my face, and also when I'm actually having the conversation, uh, I'm really trying to, you know, pay, absorb what I'm what I'm hearing. But I also don't like taking a lot of notes while I'm um, listening. So that means that unless I sit down right after, which I do a lot of times, right after the interview, and type up a bunch of notes, I really do have to go back and re-listen everything anyway. But So, yeah, it's been important to help. I mean, that's the driving factor, but I get so much joy out of the conversations themselves. So, we'll see what I'm going to do about the fact that I'm not talking to people as regularly. So, yeah, thanks for having me on this, by the way. So, we could, could, I could feel like I was (laughs) doing it. Of course,
0: we can, we can scratch that itch a little bit. Um, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, what, what equipment do you use for your podcast? What, what program do you use? Like, what's, You know, and and on top of that, like, what would you advise someone at least gets if they're going to start a podcast?
1: I mean, the number one thing is to, to me is not so much about gear, but selecting your host. Um, There are a few good ones out there, but make sure that you're aligning yourself with one that provides a lot of support and sort of guidance, or at least pay attention to the ones that provide a lot of guidance because you'll learn so much from them. But as far as gear, I mean, I had a laptop Um, You don't even need one of those to do a podcast, but I had a laptop that had garage band on it, um, which allowed me to do some editing. I used Skype for the longest time, which I still actually like a lot. Um, And I wasn't doing any video until the whole Zoom thing became kind of, you know, suddenly everyone was very comfortable with Zoom. So I started using it and doing video. And oddly enough, I just discovered I was, I was able to do video with and record video as well with Skype the entire time. I just didn't realize I had the the ability to do so. Then there's a mic, you know, an audio interface. Um, my first audio interface was literally just um, an XLR to USB converter so I could plug, you know, one of these mics with a big, you know, XLR adapter on into my laptop because I had this, I think like you, I'm using my vocal mic that I used Same. at a lot of gigs. Yeah. I haven't even, you know, upgraded to a fancy podcasting mic yet. So, um, that's another great tip I guess is the best mic uh, to use is the one that you already have if you have one
0: <laughs> yeah I mean it's 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 easy to get ahead of yourself and think you need to buy all this expensive stuff and like maybe you already have what you need to do something decent out there because you can always edit things later you can learn the process of and you can Google things on how to like edit a voice to make it sound a little bit more full or you know whatever you need to do like eq it um compress it those things um I don't know how into that you you get with your stuff but I definitely like have learned a little bit about that and kind of do do some of that stuff later just to make it sound more like full and more like something you'd hear on the radio is the idea you know um but uh you know I guess one thing kind of speaking about like how you used to use Skype and now you're kind of using more Zoom and stuff i wanted to point out too that like i think it's really interesting that with with my podcast that i've always done i used to do the say it loud podcast regularly and that was always pretty much in person uh with with my band fair city fire and uh you know it was kind of such a novelty it's like oh like when i heard about you doing this like he does it from panama you you call him or you skype with him and uh And he records it that way. I was like, what? Like, like, you can do that? So like, I just want to point out, you were ahead of the curve. I think like a lot of people are using Zoom and stuff, but it seems like you were already kind of doing this remote stuff and already were pretty comfortable with it, where a lot of us were scrambling to figure out how to do it.
1: Well, and I was kind of doing that with the video, with Zoom, but with everybody else, probably. Um, And, you know, I got to say that going back to the early days where I was just doing audio, There is a certain advantage to doing audio only, Um, and I I don't really know how to explain it, but there are just cues that happen when you don't see each other uh, that make the conversation somehow feel remarkably, at times, more intimate. (laughs) It's weird, because you would think that seeing each other the entire time, you should try it sometime, actually, and you might be forced to. One day, somebody's going to say, I can't do um video but you can call me on my phone which is what i do on skype a lot um but you might try it sometime it's pretty it's pretty interesting
0: yeah you know it's it's funny i was pleasantly surprised because uh uh my first guest this season uh it was a band out of buffalo called the spin wires and uh the uh guitar player was like yeah I, i can't do the video um i just need to call into the zoom session so all i saw was like the phone icon and i was like well Um, this is gonna be weird. The so the bass player was there on video and stuff. So like Uh that that felt normal. But then there was you know one of them that was not on video. I was like, is that gonna be weird? And it it really wasn't. I I honestly I don't know if I noticed like a benefit to that. But also there was one on video, one on phone. So it's hard to tell you know which which was better or worse. But um, but I did find that like there wasn't really anything like off about that necessarily. What, you know, maybe it's cause I've done a few of these now where it just kind of whatever happens seems to be comfortable. Some, some people's laptops just kind of shut off in the middle of our interview. Like whatever happens, some happens. people's
1: phones ring. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: no, it's okay. It's, it's, it's part of just doing all this stuff at home and, you know, <laughs> making all this stuff work, but, uh, it's all, it's all interesting and just being flexible, I guess, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess you know when you're thinking about a guest to have on your show I think I think I actually reached out to you uh originally I think I heard you talk to Ray Prim and I was already a fan of his and I I honestly don't know him that well I'm just a fan of his music and I think he's hilarious uh so of course I'm going to listen to any interviews that he does um for both of those reasons but um you know I heard him do the interview with you and I was like I I want to be on this show and I reached out to you and, and we kind of made it happen but Is that how you found most of your guests are getting booked? Are they reaching out to you? Are you going out and finding people? Is it a mix? So now I'm,
1: uh, almost to 200 published episodes and probably around 150. I know, (laughs) I swear I'm not this unprofessional all the time. (laughs) Um, for anyone listening, a picture just fell in the background. Um, it's, it's really windy here and, uh, there's literally stuff booming around in the, like the windows and there's a door cause I have a window open behind it. So I was trying to make it shut up and I leaned, uh, Chris, you know, who Chris Taylor is the musician I, uh, slash artist from San Antonio. I have heard the name a bunch. I don't know. M- him. Maybe on my podcast, but yeah. I have this beautiful painting of his, which just slid down to the floor, but it's, it's not broken. Chris. <laughs> Good. Um, Pat.
0: still intact. Yeah. Okay. Wait, where were <laughs> we? What was I saying? <laughs> uh, how do you decide who to have on your show? Uh, ah.
1: Yeah, I literally don't have to reach out to people anymore. I have um, enough PR people and just people like you did that one day way back when reaching out to me. And both on the musician side and the industry side. So that's been kind of cool. Um, I've been able to sort of rest on my laurels, so to speak. But in the beginning, you know, here's a good uh, pro tip, I guess. Um, as you start to, you know, you, you, you just got to ask people in the beginning, right? And But as you start to amass a few guests and you've got, you're in your rhythm and you're comfortable, um, you start going back to the, uh, in the backlog of guests, maybe not the one you just had on, but let them know how hard it can be or challenging as they might imagine to find quality guests like themselves. So if they know anyone, I think I maybe did this with you and you probably turned me on to some people. If they know anyone that they think could be a good fit, I'd appreciate, um, you know, any ideas or referrals. And so that was a, that was a big thing at first. And then sometimes I'd be talking to someone and I think this happened with Ray Prim. um, Tom Meaney, I think was on the podcast before Ray. And I think he said, you should talk to, uh, you should talk to Ray Prim. I think that's how it went down.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's cool. Those
1: kind of things happened. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just kind of being mindful of, of those connections and, you know, you know, using your network in, in a smart way too. like, you know, and, and the thing is to kind of, uh, knowing that it's collaborative. So if they were to reach out to you, like, Hey, do you know, any musicians in uh, the San Jose area, I'm sure you would be helpful for them too. So it's, you know, kind of one of those things. I think that, you know, it's, uh, I, I'm always, I'm always down, you know, if, if, if someone like you reaches out, like, Hey, do you, do you, have any ideas for the show. And I remember you did that. I, I sent you some people. I don't remember exactly who, but um, yeah, if, uh, if you made it onto his show um, and you're listening, if you made it onto his show, cause I recommended you, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, just kidding. Uh, so I guess when you're preparing for one of these interviews, uh, you've got a guest coming on, obviously, you know, a little bit about them how much preparation you do? How much stalking into their Instagram do you do? Like, you know, what, what level of preparation is there? How do you come up with these questions? You know, if on a good day I have an hour, and that's actually kind
1: of my minimum requirement, an hour before we sit down. Um, there might be a few minutes when I first find out, like learn about the guest which could happen weeks before where I'm like, oh yeah, this person would be great. And I sort of just take a couple of, you know, copy some links down for future reference. But then I give myself an hour to sit down and literally comb through their work. Yeah. And um, the, the biggest or most challenging part for me with more so with some artists than others or in, same with industry professionals is to try to find out something personal about them. And one trick I've been meaning to use, and I, I don't think of it in time I just need to plan it out. But when somebody refers uh, or recommends uh, that I interview someone and I actually do it, probably the best thing I could do is ask, like, for instance, when you referred whomever, I can't remember who it was either, but you probably gave me a couple of people, what I could have, should have, would have done was go back to you and say, hey, Brian, is there something about them that you can tell me that I could ask about that would just be a complete surprise to them? Nothing embarrassing or like gotcha, but just something that'd be like, oh, wow, how did you know about that? Or, you know, maybe yeah. they'd go put it together and go, you must have talked to Brian. That's
0: a really interesting idea. Um,
1: but other than that, I have to go through their bio, I look for article, you know, like uh, print interviews they did. And sometimes looking, you know, at their Instagram or Facebook, you can learn things about them like, oh, they're a coffee addict like me, or they have dogs or whatever. And those things can sometimes uh, be fun as well. But some artists are really bad about that, um, probably because they detest social media or whatever. And they just don't really publish anything personal. And I get I know that, you know, some people are just, uh, they're shy about it, or whatever, you know, they're, kind of not comfortable doing it yet so those are the more challenging ones
0: it's it's got well it's interesting because i think there is um because i do some uh freelance work uh kind of doing like social media for a couple different artists and uh you know that's been an interesting conversation like how much do you do personal stuff on instagram how much do you want to talk about your dog or you know like whatever it is you know and um and it's interesting there's this there's this thing. Like, you know, one of them makes beer, you know, and it's like, is that, you know, he's a musician. That's what we're really trying to put out there. But is that interesting enough to put out there? And I think it is. I think it's really, because the thing is, you're probably going to find other musicians that also make beer or like beer, <laughs> They'd be interested in learning that you do that. I think that's kind of, you know, sometimes that's just the name of the game a little bit as being a little bit more open, you know, and, and it's, it's not, easy for a lot of people so i definitely get where you're coming from with that but the whole notion that like why would anybody care about this is i don't know it's kind of selling yourself short i think in a way and i think if you find that you put it out there if you're interested in it someone else will be too that's what that's been my kind of approach and when i've sort of tried to get out there to my clients and stuff talking about this stuff um, yeah. And I'm
1: sure you've experienced this. And this is sort of advice to myself too, is like, uh, if you just practice putting it out there, you, whatever it is that you're going to put out there, if you just practice being personal or, or getting on, turning the camera on and doing whatever you're going to do on Instagram or YouTube, um, it gets easier for sure.
0: Definitely. And I saw you recently did like an Instagram live thing. That was really cool. I I, was my long hair. Yeah, it was. It was my shaggy hair. It wasn't that long, but yeah. Yeah. You got a cut. looks good, man. Um, (laughs) Thank you. But as I I I noticed right away on the video, right. Let's recall that (laughs) before,
1: before I forget, I was going to look at my phone, but I turned it off because it kept annoying us. But um, I listened to episode 10 of this podcast uh, with Luke and well, of luke and two members of luke and the lonely is that what they're called that yeah, they call themselves? Yeah. luke and the lonely luke, one of them was luke right
0: yes luke and, and what sarah
1: was the, sarah yeah yeah um that was great and i'm like oh my god you're a natural so i thought you must have uh gotten some benefit from doing that they were so different those in-person interviews that you used to do with fair city fire on that podcast that must have helped a little bit but was there was there prep work or was it like 10 episodes in you just finally got your stride? Cause I was listening to it. I was really impressed.
0: Well, thank you so much. I, that's co- so cool that you listen to that. I really, really appreciate that. Um, you know, I think it, it, it there's some benefits of just doing it, you know, it's coming around to episode 10. It's a little bit more comfortable. You can definitely hear my voice and the ums and likes start to come down and like the clicking, like that sound. <laughs> That's something that a lot of people do and they don't even know that they do it, including myself. And that's sort of a nerve thing, I think, for a lot of people. And I was doing it a lot early on. and But I think learning more how to prepare for these things, making sure I have way more questions than I need to have was super helpful. So there was never any moment of like, what do we talk about? I feel like, you know, um, but yeah, I really appreciate you saying that. And I feel like there's there's some element of just yeah preparation and just doing it just being just doing it over and over and and i'm trying to split this up into seasons that's kind of been a big part for me and i did miss it which actually uh, i took a like a month and a half maybe two months off in between the seasons and when i came back to it i had that great interview with the band from buffalo i talked to uh, an artist from here in austin and then uh, the Sims Foundation from here in Austin, too. Um, and now I'm talking to you and I feel re-energized from the break. And it's really cool. I'm, I'm happy to be doing this again, for sure.
1: That's good. And what a skill set. You probably got some help from your prior podcast in that you can talk to more than one person very comfortably. I'm still, uh, I don't like doing two people <laughs> at the same time. I'll it's, do it. But I like having one-on-ones when I do the interviews, for sure.
0: It's always it's a it's a tough conversation because uh you know I even with the Buffalo band that I had on you know there's four members in that band and I pretty much one of my rules for the show is no more than two guests I'm so sorry and Luke and the Lonely same deal I mean they've got uh three at least three super active members they may have one more I'm not positive but you know it's just one of those things I can't do more than two people it's it's too much um it's just there's two, especially with something audio. It's really hard to not talk over each other, and uh, but yeah, I think with that, it just seems like the biggest thing is giving people the space to talk and being very direct about like this is your question, you know, and this is your question, and or like yeah, and I think some bands are probably just better at answering like that too. You know they being, were really they, good Lu, uh, Luke and
1: Sarah uh, yeah uh, they were great guests too um, they're funny and they they and you may be a great editor too for all I know but um, they seem like they'd done it before so they were quite good
0: yeah that always helps <laughs> for sure uh, <laughs> if they have experience and and they're good at not talking over each other so yeah thank you for listening I definitely appreciate that um for sure so. I guess, uh, what are some of your, because we're talking about, I just talked about kind of talking to two different people at once. You know, when you're doing these solo interviews or you're talking to multiple people, whatever it is, um, what are some of the best techniques you've found that draw really interesting responses from people as far as like asking questions or things that you're doing? Well,
1: anything you can do to dive a little deeper is good or to seek clarification. Yeah. You know, the simple phrases like, what do you mean by that? Or how so? Um, or how did that make you feel? <laughs> you know, yeah, um, those things are great. I think also like for the people that I had a little trouble figuring out something personal for starting the converse, the interview literally with talking about where they're from, you know, yeah. i finding out if they had, and just listening, you know, that's a, that's a big thing, right. You know, and I have a, I think I have a shortcoming with maybe all interviewers do this, but I'm sure there are varying levels of skill. Right. But much of it in the editing, right. I'm sure. But, you know, you're trying really hard to listen, but you, as an interviewer, you're also trying to think ahead enough and in the listening, uh, not only, you know, to the answer to your question, but is there another opportunity in what they're saying right now for me to ask something even more interesting or something else interesting? So that that's a great trick. If you happen to be a great note taker, which again I'm I'm okay at it. I've never really liked taking notes that much. And I I handwriting, which I think if you can do that You've got the workspace for it and you like writing and can literally do it in a notebook and you're fast at it and can sort of think and do that at the same time. You're a great candidate for interviewing people for a podcast, you know? Yeah. I end up, um, you know, I got a wireless keyboard, I end up typing, but I have to be careful with that too. That literally ter- can turn into more editing because you can hear me tapping away on there. And I also don't want the guests to feel, um, any sort of distraction or maybe like I'm not really listening. Cause if they hear that, uh, which they may, and there are ways around it, right. I can put a little, whatever they call them a prophylactic on top of my keyboard or something, you know, yeah. ways around it. But I prefer to just really listen uh, for opportunities. And one last thing I did in talking to you about like the whole interview process, I'm reminded I should go back and look at these. I reopen this. Um, I use Evernote a lot. And I reopen this one note. That's just questions that, I put together for interviewing and uh, they come from, you know, everywhere from like great interviewers to like one night sitting with my wife talking about interviewing and she just had some great ideas. So I'll try to write those down. And if I happen to uh, have a shortage of questions or want to back up, I mean, I should go back to them and just like get the short list and always have them there as a good backup or as a reminder to dig a little deeper. That's a real good trick for me
0: yeah i think that kind of prep work is always is always good um you know it's, it kind of reminds me i don't necessarily do what you're talking about with uh, with podcast questions but for like songs it reminds me of my technique for songs because it'll be like different moments in life where i'm like oh that'd be an interesting song but maybe i'm not ready to write that song in that moment or um you know i'm just i don't have my guitar at the moment or i'm just not in the creative space I'm going to write down that idea in a note. And then, you know, when I am in that creative space, I can go back to it and look at this long list of notes on my, <laughs> on my phone. And some of them make sense and want, you know, I'm excited to write about some of them. I'm like, what was that? What, wait, what?
1: <laughs> I think that's so smart though. Um,
0: yeah, I, I
1: don't do enough of that, but And I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a young songwriter because I just started, you know, not so much that I'm young, but, uh, I think that's a great idea. Uh, What a way to come back. I've been, I've been sort of almost writing on the spot, but you know, here we're talking about my second song's done. So I need a little more, I need a little, I need a few more hours at it to figure out what my routine (laughs) really is.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, that's something I, I, that works for me, but everybody's got their own things, you know, uh, but I guess I wanted to talk. You said uh, sometimes you feel like you do too much editing or something. Like, I guess what what amount of editing do you think is the the sweet spot for a podcast? How much do you do? Um, yeah, I guess. And what does that look like?
1: Well, it depends. Um, these days, I'm doing more. Like, I've had I've had editors in the past. The benefit of having someone else do it for you is that it frees you up to work on you know, creating great content around your podcast or working on your music or whatever else you need to be doing, focusing on uh, maybe a little more time with your family. Um, the downside can be uh, that it's really tough. I think it's a tough job for an editor to uh, not affect your voice in their editing. And I, I, I don't mean that so much literally, but just it's easy to edit out parts of your personality, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe I think about it too much, or I don't think about it, you know, the, the way I should be. Um, but it de- kind of depends on how the interview went. Um, sometimes some schmuck comes on and lets their phone ring during the conversation or has something <laughs> fall on the back of the, you know, in the back of the room. I'm making, I'm joking about myself, of course. Um, or they, they might have a child in the background, or maybe I was typing on the keyboard so the little things like that can drive the amount of time. My My overall goal when I started and kind of still remains is less editing. So I'm trying to be better about my manner of speaking so that I don't have to worry about too many ums and other ticks that we do, which I'm still working on, obviously. But my original goal was to do as little editing as possible, just to like, it came from that question of what would this look like if it were easy, you know, because podcasting is not really that easy, is it?
0: No, it's not. It's (laughs) something that, you know... You know, I, I love doing because I love, like you, I love these conversations, especially about creativity and like, you know, making something. I think it's so fascinating to hear people talk about how they do these things. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, make no mistake about it. It's a, it's a decent amount of work for sure. And it's, you know, it's a whole endeavor. And when this idea for this new show hit me and, you know, I am I was used to having a whole team like my band and Matt Jones, who was hosting, you know, we'd all kind of do little things to contribute. So it never felt like a ton of work. I, the whole thought of like, I was on this hike and I came up with this idea of like talking about the creative process because it's something so fascinating to me. And I hear that. I hear people kind of talk about it in interviews. They talk about, Oh, this is how I came up with this idea for this song. And it might be like, three minutes of the whole hour long interview. And I'm like, I wish they just talked about that the whole time. That's what I want to hear, you know? And I'm like, why don't I make a show about that? And then it hit me. And then I was like, oh shit, that's a lot of work. (laughs) Do I really want to do that? And, and it is, but I think, you know, one thing that's helped me is that, yeah, that break between the seasons. I think that's something I'm going to keep doing because it keeps it exciting and it keeps it from feeling like labor, (laughs) you know, it's like, it's something that I do enjoy listening back to them, you know, and, and editing that's a big plus of that. Like I get to listen to the thing over and over, over again, you know, I, I don't listen over and over again, but you know, it's at least that one time through and take notes and make sure, you know, everything flows well. But um, yeah, it's a lot of work for sure.
1: It is. You reminded me because you're, Uh, Talking about the nature of these interviews, exploring creativity, because my other podcast uh, called Morning Tempo was the idea was to do for with small businesses what I do with the Unstarving Musician or with musicians and have similar conversations related to their world because they're not really that different. They face the same struggles, right? Uh, Independent musician, small business owner, too. Right. But uh, when I heard well, maybe I was reading your email uh, about, you know, the invitation email to come on here and maybe listening to your episode 10 I was like man that you know, maybe I need to sort of think in those terms with the other podcast because what I started doing was I thought you know there's so many great business podcasts not and that shouldn't be a thing it shouldn't matter right but i like i'd, I'd really love to try and explore the creative aspects of business ownership and entrepreneurship it's been sort of a challenge Uh, Because I've been trying to fit it into that world. And when I was reading about and when I listened to you talk about yours, I thought, you know, maybe I just need to let creativity be at the forefront of those conversations and either let them be coincidentally with business owners, you know, and that means I have to identify a different type of. Uh, Person, I think, to be on the podcast, moving on that podcast moving forward. But anyway, I just wanted to share that it was you kind of inspired me to start rethinking about how I do that one because I've been trying that podcast for me. I've been it's been trying to find its legs. I have almost 40 episodes, but
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's interesting. Um, and I think you know what I would say is being upfront about that, like this is what the show is about. Like, you know, I want to explore creativity or, or whatever it is, you know. I think, you know, if people sign up for the show, then they'll probably be ready to talk about that because they hopefully read that, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, that's a really
1: good point. And, yeah. uh, you made me think you definitely, you know, the email that you sent me, makes would make anyone think about it. Like you said, if they read it, right. Uh, yeah. and you gave me something to go back to, to sort of just get in the right headspace for our conversation. So that's a great idea.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, that's it's been, it's been really fun. And, you know, it's one of those things where I, you know, when I started this show, one of my concerns was like, you know, what about that person that's not really open about their creative process or their, they don't really know how to define it. They just kind of do things and, you know, I that hasn't happened yet and maybe it will, I don't know. Uh, but I, I, I think that someone that, isn't open about that stuff or doesn't know how to talk about it, probably wouldn't sign up for the show. That's, that's, you know, kind of what I imagined, but also maybe it will happen and I'll be ready for it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it'll something. be
1: like the best challenge and opportunity that you face as an interviewer.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm not afraid of it. It was just kind of like a, Oh, what if that happens? <laughs> you know, um, there's a, there's a lot of what ifs when starting a new thing, but, um, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, I guess overall, you know, we kind of talked about building this episode, editing. Uh, we we definitely talked, we kind of covered promoting it afterwards. Um, but yeah, I guess what's the best single piece of advice you'd give somebody thinking about starting their own podcast?
1: Man, you know, on top of just do it. Um, that's so tough because there are so many different formats. Yeah. Like maybe they're not going to interview, maybe they're going to be seasonal, maybe they're not. And there are so many topics I can't even, I haven't even imagined, you know, that, that I run across every day. So I guess it would be like with any songwriting is different, I think, but like with just about any other creative endeavor that you're going to put out in the public space, it's, it's a lot like a book. Maybe people can sort of wrap their head around a book idea or a product idea, um, is to just go out and see what's out there already. Um, everything from what you think you're going to name it to, is anyone talking about it? Is that a good thing? If there's a lot of people talking about it for you, or is there like a big gaping hole? That's probably a good thing in the podcasting space, but either one can be a good thing. So that, Honestly, that's probably what I would say is spend some time finding out what's out there and talking to some people. sharing the idea with people. That's the other thing. Share the yeah. idea with people that you know and trust and like, as they say, and you know, get their input. That You might get some great ideas.
0: Yeah, I think that was helpful for me thinking about this show was sharing it. And another benefit to sharing it was that it kind of held me accountable a little bit because i had told people like i'm gonna do this thing and it's really exciting what do you think and you know i i just feel like there's this element of like okay i better do it now (laughs) i told all these people i'm doing this thing and it was like another push to make it actually happen and try to like set a date and just this is going to be when the first episode comes out (laughs)
1: like i don't know if this has happened to you and maybe you're when you put it out there in the, in the world, you're a little more consistent about, you know, when the amount of time you spend on it to make it happen. But I don't know if you've had this happen, but you're like, dang, you know, I, I've been talking about this for months.
0: (laughs) Nobody (laughs) said anything about it, but I need to get going, you know? Yeah, for sure. That happens sometimes. Absolutely. Um, yeah, man, I, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, this show's called Greetings from wherever, and I'm talking to you from Panama, which is really cool. This is the first, I think, international episode, which is awesome. <laughs> so exciting! It's the first time for everything, um, and it was cool to talk to you about podcasting and just just about everything else you're up to. I'm sure there's some things we didn't even get to because you do so much. But thank um, you I for hope taking I covered time. It all.
1: For sure, man. Thank you for having me on. It was a a real pleasure. And um, yeah, hope we
0: get to do it again. Absolutely, man. All right. Have a good one. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Greetings from Wherever podcast. To support the show, please visit patreon.com slash music, Or just like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you. And we'll see you next time.